Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah, nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not – You can give you it a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and, like, I had to shoot a different arrow – would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. I'm here with my partner in crime, Jared Ainsmall, Miss Small Gortzma. And right. uh, today we have Heath Wood on uh, as a guest. Heath, thanks for taking some time to come talk to us today. Oh, my pleasure, guys. I appreciate you asking me. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've obviously kind of done some things with you, uh, you know, apart from the fair chase and kind of got to know you there. And so been seeing some of the uh, predator hunting that you do, uh, which is a lot and figured had to have you on the podcast because I want to, I've been seeing a lot of coyotes where I hunt. Um, but I don't have experience at all. Like coyote hunting, like we've shot coyotes, Jared and I, but it's usually just when we're deer hunting and they pop out and we'll take care of them. So we went out, got a, uh, a coyote call. We got like Jared's AR set up for, for coyotes, but now we have no idea what to do. Like we got all the equipment, we got like the gumption, but we have no knowledge. And I figured, you know, selfishly we have you on, just tell us exactly what to do, where to go. And we're going to be rolling in coyotes. <laughs> well, I wish it was that easy, but <laughs> 
Yeah, you are making the first step, though, of buying a call and going because that is the number one thing is just going. You got to yeah. do it a lot. It's not something that you're going to kill a coyote every time you go. It just don't – it's not that easy. But if you do it right, you will you will kill a lot of them and help your deer and turkeys in the progress. And it's it's a uh, it's addicting for sure. That it kind of for several years now. I've I love going. I'm addicted to it. Yeah. The last couple years, the last couple years, I've kind of slowed down a little bit, but not much. But I'm I'm getting that bug again to go more. Yeah. Uh, I live in Southern Missouri and they just, just legalized last year, nighttime hunting where we can use thermals and artificial lights yep. before we never could do that. So that kind of gives an extra, just an extra incentive to go and an extra adrenaline rush. Um, my wife went with me last year for the first time and she was addicted to it. Yeah. Actually the, the first stand that we made, she run the light and she went here 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 oh right here and there was two of them bam within like 30 seconds they yeah. were there and that hooked her she's ready to go again now she's she's all the time asking when does it start when does it start uh, uh, well so that's that's kinda, that's, a, that's what's something good about it too is it's fun yeah it's exciting and you can go at night you know night is uh from what I've heard, um, usually a lot, it's an easier, uh, way to hunt for, for at least for a lot of, from what I've heard, I, I could be totally wrong with that, but you go out at night and it's, it's not as it's, they, they seem to be more, more responsive to calls. Is that right? Um, I wouldn't totally agree with that. Yeah, you do. You do increase it a little bit, but if you go at the right times during daylight hours, it and go in the right time of year yeah. all day long. Uh, 24 hours a day is good yeah sure. I've, I've i've called them first thing in the morning i've called them at noon in the afternoon and i've called them at night so it just kind of depends on i think the number one thing and especially like you guys just starting and i i've wrote about this a lot and talked about it a lot but the number one thing is hunting where there is coyotes that mm, sounds yeah. so simple that sounds so simple but it is so true if if there's not coyotes there you can spend hours hunting and think i'm no good at this right. i suck at this uh i don't know how to do this but that's not the case if if there's no coyotes to call in no you're not going to call them in so that's the number one thing is going in and doing your scouting finding out where they're at going in and like howling like at night you can go in and howl and get them to howl back at you and write that down or mark that down if you use an app or something mark that down where they're at and go into those spots you will see your you will see your success rate jump tremendously if you pay more attention to making sure there is coyotes there before you go call so obviously like tracks right you know i one of the spots that i've got picked out i just it's kind of these ponds um like kind of pond swamp marsh mix and it's frozen over and i've just seen tons of tracks right coyote tracks every I'll be there every couple of weeks and there's, there's tracks always there. So obviously that's, that's a, a good indication, but you, you mentioned howling, uh, mm -hmm. to locate them. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, you know, putting a Turkey to bed. Um, right. Are you with your voice howling or are you using your, like an electronic call? No, you can use like a diaphragm call, like a Turkey call that kind of style, sure. just a double read diaphragm howler, or you can use your electronics. 
but you just basically go in and it's the same way, like you said, with a turkey, go to somewhere you're, where you're elevated, where you can hear a long ways um, and just put out two or three just solid lone howls, sit and listen for a little bit, do it again. And usually within the first couple of sequences, they'll start howling back. Really? And, you, know, you can tell where they are and do that, maybe do that a couple of times a week before you go hunting and sure. make sure they are in that same spot, you know. And if they're in that same spot every time, you know, you know where to go to make your first set and start calling like with your distress sounds or whatever you're doing. So say you say you've located them, you've gone out a week or so a couple nights a week or whatever, and you've determined that Mm -hmm. this is a spot where coyotes roam. Um, What's your next move? How do you set up on them? What's the ideal setup? What does that look like? Um, like you want to find somewhere where it's open, where you got plenty of room to shoot, plenty of room to see them coming in. Um, you want to, of course, check your wind direction. That's number one, number one thing with coyotes for sure, as their sense of smell is ten times better than a deer. Yeah, they you, you're never gonna fool one hundred percent, but you got to play that wind. Um, you know, I, I like to have the wind wind in my face or a crosswind before I set up and make sure that and and kind of determine, you know, based off the wind direction, where are they going to come from when I yeah. start calling? You know, if, if the wind's going this way, or, you know, there's a pretty good chance they're going to come with the wind in their face. So, sure. so always have somewhere where you can face that way. Yep. But just a good open area where you where you got plenty of room to see, plenty of room to have them coming in. And, and again, be close to those areas where you've heard them where you've seen tracks um different things like that or um like different things they prey on you know you might even look is there a bunch of rabbits in this area is there a field here where there's going to be a lot of mice or um hunting agriculture area, farm areas you know I, I got a lot of farmers that they start having calves with their cows they'll call me and say hey we've got we've got we're going to be calving soon so the cows are going to be around and sure enough you can go in and cash in on that really i saw one this summer um pick off like a nest of like baby pheasants yeah like i'm I'm like looking at them like oh cool you know i I forgot where i was i was i was in utah and i was in antelope island um which is kind of by the great salt lake and i'm driving there i'm like oh there's pheasants out there that's kind of cool and i look in this coyote that looked like it had some bum leg like something wrong uh with his whack leg comes in and it just these this pheasant standing back and it goes to town on its its nest right in front of it's cool right along the road my dad my daughter my wife all saw it was nature you know it's cool to see yeah Um, for sure and see like something like that's something to remember you know like if you're close to where you're where you're hunting and you see stuff like that you know that's what they're feeding off of uh, and you can base your calls off of that even, you know, like um, use bird and distress sounds there, you know, or if you're hunting, if you see, like I said, them farmers calling with calves, yeah, you know, maybe use like a baby calf in distress, you know, match your sounds with what's going on. That's, that's what I'm talking about when scouting, you're not just scouting just for see if there's coyotes there, you're scouting to see what they're feeding on, what they're doing, mm. you know more about that animal, you're not just knowing that they're there, you know what they do. And that'll help you help help your calling and and your success rate. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it seems like it's just like 
and this is a lot of hunting, but it's like common sense. Like if you think mm-hmm. about it, of course you'd use the same call. And Jared, you know what they yeah. say about common sense? It's not so common. No, well, they, they do say that. This is a, a quote I saw the other day. Common sense is genius re- dressed in work clothes. I think working clothes, <laughs> Ralph Waldo and Emerson right there. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That is a good quote. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. We like to, I like to try to like, we like to grow, you know, together in these podcasts uh, with good quotes and, you know, hot tips. <laughs> that was a good one, like man. That. I, I appreciate that. One. Yeah, no, good. Uh, no, that's cool. So you're going out there. You got to set up. You got a good view. You've determined that, you know, maybe this is a rabbit area or whatever. You go in and you set up uh, your call. Now, what we have, what I ended up getting was um, this, like, it's the like the microphone and it's got that little tail uh like like fuzzy like a thing that, yeah a creature. A, a creature out there that's flopping around is that do you like that or are you uh not a decoy guy um i have a decoy all the time but i don't use it all the time especially for coyotes if i'm bobcat hunting yes use a decoy every time because a bobcat is just like a just like a house cat any kind of movement they catch their eye and see it but a coyote's not so much they they will like that if you're in a good open area, you know, they like that, but not always just kind of, and that's another thing. It just takes experience hunting and seeing what the coyotes do. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, if you got some pressured coyotes, they may spook on that every now and then they just, they don't like it sometimes. And, but you just got to see if, if they do or they don't. So your, your coyotes will see, I say coyote, Jared, what do you say? Yodi. You're a yote. You're, does that, I wonder if that's like a, what part of the country you're from? I always said coyote, but then when people say yote, I never know what to say. I try not to say like the yote. I've heard them called a hundred different things. <laughs> I've heard yote, dogs, coyotes, coyotes. Yeah. I don't think there's a wrong answer. No, I, I say, I say coyote. Coyote. But you're Missouri. So maybe that's, maybe that's something behind that. Like, that's the difference between like crick and creek. Like a lot of people say up oh, down by the creek. What do you, Jared, you're a creek man, right? A creek man. I'm, I'm a creek man. Cause that's the way it's spelled. No, man. That's something I get in my neck. Not that I hunt by. <laughs> that's right. Creek. Yeah, so exactly. I, say, I, so I say creek. Yeah, I say creek. I think I'm, I, I would say I'm, I'm uh, ambidextrous on that one. Are you? I'm a little of both. I'll buy when it creek. comes to that. You know, there's a creek and then a creek. They'll both slip out. No, will you say a hollow? Right. Do I will say you, what? Will you say a hollow or a holler? Will you say or like a, a valley or a, I still don't know what a holler is, but I like to just man, call it dude. We've map. we've been over this. Holler. What did I call it the other day? Like a not a drainage. A shoot. I had a, a shoot. Don't I was shoot. I was gonna coin the term shoot because it kind of oh, just I don't know if a hollow like what is a holler? Is Jeez. it just like a valley? Come to southern Missouri. That's all we call it, is a holler. <laughs> exactly. Figured. You, if, even if it's a ridge or a hill, it's just like up on the holler. Like what if somebody it? says hollow, we're like, yeah, you city folks. That's right. Yeah. Hollow. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you go to Indiana and you would say Notre Dame. No, it's Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, a hollow, a holler is just like a, a valley. Like a just a valley. A cut in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm I'm talking about draws and you call them shoots. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I think a draw, a draw is a holler. Heath, help us out here. Is yeah, a draw, draw a draw is a holler yeah yeah okay i got you i'm gonna start calling holler for sure actually no 
I'm a draw guy. I'm sticking with shoot because that's unique <laughs> to me. Right up the shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that's where he came. There are certain things I can't get in my head. Uh, I'll on a, uh, often in my head, it takes me a minute to think about. We'll call a rub a scrape and a scrape yeah, a rub. Doing it in a noise. It's very just keep in mind. Yeah. Because they're scraping their antlers on the on the tree. I'll do a tree stand. You just rub the ground. I'll say tree stand for any place that you hunt for hunt for yeah, deer, whether it's in a tree or not. I'll do that as well. I can picture it now a guy standing next to a creek saying, I went through the hollow. Did you guys catch any deer? Yeah. Oh, he's gonna say all <laughs> that. Catching guys stuff. with creeks, you, now, huh? You've tipped your hat hat if you say those things. Like you caught a deer, huh? All right. Would you let it go? See ya. All right. So oh, um, I'll agree with that. You you go out. You've got your spot. You've got your your um your call. Your electronic call. You are you more electronic? Or are you more of a of mouth call? Uh, I use both. Um, on my Kyle vocals, I use a hand, uh, mouth call the most, a diaphragm call. I've always got one of them in my mouth. But on all my distress sounds, I carry some hand calls, but mostly I'm using electronics. Um, the reason for that is batteries are going to go dead on unexpected sometimes and i've been caught out there with no hand calls and think dang it i'm out here and have nothing to do now (laughs) so i always carry a couple hand calls just for that reason too and also sometimes you you can get that realistic you can get you can control your volume a little more on a hand call Mm. but coyote vocals uh, i do a lot on a diaphragm all right that's where i would be like man do i have a bluetooth speaker in my car Right. And then I go do it and then look up a YouTube video. Yeah. I <laughs> did just crank it up to 10. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I probably I would do, but yeah. batteries, batteries so, can, the batteries. electronic call I'm using right now has Bluetooth. You can actually do that on your electronic call now. That's sweet. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Of, do you ever do a, a voice call? Are you like ever like because like occasionally when I'm turkey hunting, I'll go like a like a mouth call or I'll I'll do a voice yeah. grunt. Right kind of a thing and it dude jared laughs yeah, I do but it works well turkey calls i've done that a lot turkey yeah. uh purring purring and stuff i i actually called in a turkey calling contest one time and i i wasn't real good at purring purring on a diaphragm at that time and i actually used my natural voice in it and they never knew it i actually scored pretty good on that what, so, what turkey contest where was this um, that was in Stuttgart, Arkansas. It was uh, the Arkansas State Championship, actually. Man, we need. I wish we had those around us. That's like not a Michigan thing. We don't I'm have a, turkey calling. I'm oh national, my goodness! Hang on, just give uh, runner up. Take the floor, Jared. <laughs> I mean, we've said this so many times. And this is Jared. I wish you had a. <laughs> we should get you a medal for this. Just to have it. It was just a run, second place, baby. So the BHA uh, every spring holds the turkey calling contest so it's basically you get you know 15 25 seconds to make a little calling sequence and then right. all of the viewers and followers get to vote on this so james enters me into this contest without me knowing and goes oh hey you're in a turkey calling contest you got to make a, a submission by today I'm like, what the heck yeah. man? <laughs> lo and behold i start you know you make it through state and then you go to regionals and then you go to the finals and then it's like head-to-head competition where it's just me and this other guy who decided to dress up like the tiger king because that's when yeah. it was, that was that was 2020 yeah 2020 spring so he's doing turkey calls in a tiger king costume 
and steals all the votes. And actually, it was a popularity contest. It was a popularity contest. So, so they can actually see you. The judges can see you then. Yes. Just I, you're saying the the fans vote on it. Yeah, it was social media yeah. stuff. Social media stuff. Yeah. Just see, well, not that's how that's how kind of I got my start in the hunting industry. I guess you'd say is way back in like the year 2000. Uh, well, before that, I called in a few turkey calling contests where you actually have judges behind a curtain that doesn't mm-hmm. know who's calling and all that. Then in the year 2000, at Bass Pro Shop in Springfield, Missouri, I was working a sports show and the U.S. Open turkey calling contest was going on at that time. And I kind of had the same thing as you, Jerry. They kind of said, hey, you're calling on that today. <laughs> Here's Dang a call. Here's a call, and they handed me a slate call. I was like, "Oh my God, I'm never, this ain't my call. I don't know nothing about this." And I, I practiced on it a few times, and this is kind of telling my age. But when I got on the calling contest stage, the TNN, if you remember TNN back in the day, their camera was right in my face, and I was like, "Oh Lord, you know." And but I got third place in the U.S. Open that day. There you go. It wasn't even my call. Now, now they, is there but, is, is yeah, there money kind of, associated with that that trophy or that third yeah, place? Is that like a take some yeah, home the, some cash? Yeah, it's um, I don't even remember what it was. And it's probably like fifty, hundred bucks, something like that, and got a plaque. But some of the calling contests today, yeah, you can make some pretty good stuff. But that's why I don't do it anymore. The competition level in that is unreal now. Crazy. I've watched. Oh my gosh, yeah. those guys, they are incredible. Like they're doing sounds that I don't even think could happen from a turkey it's like what the heck you guys are doing it with a little reed in their mouth and then they're changing them out mid-sequence so like the judges the judges i don't know if that's the way you had it heath but the judges will call out you know a calling sequence and then you have to mimic this right and then you judge based off all that and it was yeah exactly hearing these guys doing like a fly down right the contest i was telling you about in arkansas that's the way it was yeah I kind of heard about it and I thought that may be something cool to to do again. This has been probably 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, it was 10 people. There was grand national and world champs. I was like, Oh Lord, what am I doing? <laughs> but I did it anyway. I did it anyway. I got smoked that day, but it was fun. That, oh, you know, yeah. That's what it's all about. No, I, I, I do. I do appreciate, you know, the, a good Turkey caller. I'm not, not one that's why i just let jared tag out early and then just carry him <laughs> around with me like my own personal mechanical turkey call start charging them for that you really should <laughs> you really should man so um all right back on back on the topic so you're you got your your call set um you are you like are you when you set up like do you just hunker down and immediately start calling do you let things settle down like how does that go um i usually try to find like um a good place where I got some good cover behind me, like a tree or shadows. You see a lot, like if you watch much predator hunting on TV, a lot of people think, man, they're just sitting out in the wide open. And that is kind of the case. Yeah, you can get it by with that, but they're sitting on like the side of a hill. The things you're going to look for is don't get silhouetted, stay in the shadows, you know, and I, I wear camo most of the time. You see some people that wear all kinds of stuff, coyote hunting, but I'm still a camo guy. I think it works and helps blend in and break up that pattern. But uh, 
I'm sitting though where I got a little bit of background, a little bit of shadow, something to break me up, but still where I can see good. And again, like I said, that wind direction where that's in my favor, but I have a, a tripod. I usually set my rifle up on it. Sometimes 80% uh, of the time I'll carry a shotgun with me too. And I usually have it either across my lap or next to me. Why is that? Um, just for like, if a coyote comes in close, I can, or blast if you got more than, or yeah, you can blast him. Uh, or if more coyotes come, or more, like two or three coyotes come in at a time, you can let them get close, shoot the first one with your shotgun. They're going to run away. So you get back on your rifle and start using your natural voice and going, boom, you can get them too. Awesome. So you can kill, you can kill more than one coyote having two gun option like that uh, a lot of guys use shotgun just for pelt damage you know they don't want to mess up the fur if you shoot one close you got better fur yeah um, but that's kind of the reason but that's what i do mostly setting up i have the two gun um i usually let it set when i sit down i'll let it rest for two or three minutes just calm down usually i'm catching my breath too i'm out of shape and <laughs> You know, and before I use before I use that mouth call, I don't want to be out of breath. You know, right. hold on, fellas. Like I need, need a break a second. I've had that with turkey hunting before. I'm like, I got to make a turkey oh. call, but I'm like, oh, okay, one second. <laughs> guilty, guilty. Actually, but, a, a good long sequence will do that to you. All of a sudden, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yep. that For and the sure. COVID lung. You know, you got a little COVID lung going. A little yeah, that affects your turkey call. Um. Okay, so you do it. You, I mean, you're mentioning like, you know, two at a time. Yeah, what's your like? I mean, is that how many you typically get? Is that the Heathwood way? Two turkey, uh, two uh, coyotes, one hunt. I, I wish it was. I wish it was, but no, it's usually singles. But it's not uncommon for two or three to come in. Uh, it depends on where you're hunting too. I've I've hunted out in western Oklahoma where we had five or six coyotes coming in at a time. You know, and it was crazy. But yeah. you can see a mile away too, whereas right. in southern Missouri you can't. You know, you see two or three hundred yards is a long ways. Yeah. But like, in if you're hunting out west, where you can see a long ways, yeah, it's it's very common to have more than one coming in, and that's why you see a lot of guys carrying more than one gun. That just gives them a better option of killing more cows. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, no, I ask. I asked because I had I had two come in this year when I was deer hunting. Actually, and this, is a, this is a good question. These coyotes came. I was deer hunting. I, I, I was out on state land. It was during rifle season here. Um, and I found this pine tree uh, that was over a swamp. And I'm like, I can see a long ways. I got some snow on the ground. This is a sweet spot for deer. Sitting there, I was planning on shooting a doe. And I had for the I, I got in the mail this, um, not vanilla killer. What is it, Jared, again? A deer dander. Oh, yeah. Fitz, Dan Fitzgerald deer dander Fitzgerald, right? yeah. I'm like I'm if this is I grew up I they, they sent us some I grew up like watching Dan Fitzgerald I'm like I gotta try this this Dang. is you know this is my the hot ticket so I I put I, I loaded it up and just for the record that stuff stinks and it stays in your clothes I oh put yeah it in my pack my pack I, I finally washed it again a couple <laughs> days ago to get it out it's uh, uh potent yeah it's potent actually just a side note, the, the, the washing machine trick for your, your pack, like a, like your hunting pack works great. Like I took it off the frame, threw it in the washing machine, uh, worked great. And actually somebody wrote in and said, uh, actually, um, 
a guy we had on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months ago, actually, probably now. It's like, if you take your pack, the stay, the metal stays out of your frame, you can actually throw your frame in the, the, the washing machine too, which is probably what I'm going to try next. Cause I got a bunch of coyote still left on oh, the yeah, frame. I'm going. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm up there and it's downwind and like, I just hear something crashing, like crashing through the swamp. I'm like, Oh man, what is that? You know, I look and a, a big, big coyote comes in like straight up downwind to me and i'm convinced he smelled the deer dander and just came in right he came into like 40 yards and i i told the story of the podcast before but like a couple weeks earlier i'd shot one of my my 300 wind mag and i didn't have ear protection in it. and my i mean my ears are still ringing like it, it was bad i don't know why that time it just caught my ear wrong and it just jacked up my hearing so this coyote comes in and i can't get my earplugs uh, ear in fast enough and I'm like I'm just not going to shoot till I get it all set because I'm just no coyote is worth that so I'm getting that camp fumbling around it gets into like 40 yards and then takes off again I'm like shoot you know well sure enough like 30 seconds later another one big black face comes in and I got that one but now I'm thinking about it, I'm like that was downwind to me and I was I was really high in a tree but for sure my wind was blowing where they were coming from like does attractant yeah. scent like that, would that have actually brought it in? Uh, yeah, for sure. Because um, they make coyote scents, you know, that's yeah. like a, a baby fawn scent or coyote urine, different things like that. But yeah, that's that's a cover scent at its prime right there. You know, they're smelling that and keeping, they're focused on it instead of you. That's the whole purpose of a cover scent. So yeah, that's exactly right. Well, consider oh. this then an ad for Fitzgerald's uh, deer Same. dander. It yep. works. At least it worked for me. You heard it here. Man, um, uh, this is this is also telling my age, but I remember when I was a kid, there was a VHS video store in my town, and every weekend, me and my dad would go there and rent every Dan Fitzgerald video there was there. We thought, that, we thought that was the coolest thing and i remember walmart getting vanilla killer and i thought yep we're gonna oh, kill yeah. a monster now <laughs> hey, and, yeah yeah we poured that stuff out and yeah i don't know it smells good nice the vanilla killer is like it, it smells, smells just like, like cooking vanilla yeah, yeah. no yeah. we what was the one we always watched jared uh shoot. rotten rampage rotten rampage one of the best hunting films you're going to see. He shoots a boon. He considers a boon and Crockett spike. Remember that, Jared? Yes. On the ground, he's got like a spike that looks like some sort of. It's just a main beam that comes around. Yeah. Like on both sides. Yeah. Like if it didn't have any G2s or anything, just a main beam. I'm working on getting him on the podcast. That's coming soon. That'd be cool. We watched Backstraps and Bacon was the number one I remember. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I don't remember if it was that one or which one it was, but there was one that they took his tree stand that had like the expanded metal bottom. They cooked it on a it? campfire. Yes, that was, yeah. that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> I Just gotta do built that. A fire, I want to do that. Put a tree stand on the flames and yeah. grilled some backstrap right on the seat. Right I'm the, sure there's yeah. no carcinogens in there. <laughs> no, no, he's still alive. He's not young, so hey, man, it worked for him. That's yeah, good. Sure. You know, outdoor living. Um, sure. okay. So you, you got them coming in, uh, your downwind, you know, crosswind ideally. And that's same for deer hunting. You want the, I, my favorite is the like slightly off wind. So they think that they right. can smell you and then they have no idea. Um, right. and a, a thing that I I've been wa wondering is, so say you're night hunting, right. And I, I got some like two of these spotlights 
that I'm out with, right? I got one and then one's run out of battery. Mm -hmm. I have the other one, whatever. Um, does the spotlight not scare them away? How does that work? Like, when do you decide to spot? When do you not? How do you decide that? Um, keeping it scanning is the big thing. Cause like, if you just keep it catching where they're not really picking it up, but once you spot one, you got to keep it locked on them, keep it in their eyes. It's the same thing as like us walking in. If somebody shined a flashlight in our face, we can't tell who that is. If they turn it a little bit off of us, we can see them. It's the same thing with a coyote. You know, when they're coming in, if you keep that right in their face, keep that right in their eyes, they're not going to see you. If it's, it's blinded out, they're more focused on the sound that they're going to instead of that. So that's the main deal. And that's why I like to go at night. I like to have two people for sure. I like to have somebody scanning, then I have a light on my gun. And when they spot it, keep it on there then I usually turn my light on my gun and I keep that in their face too you know and just until it's time to shoot because yeah. if you turn it anyway they're gonna see you yeah I've, I was reading people refer to it as like the light is your camo yeah for sure it is yeah. interesting and, and so you're you're so you're constantly scanning when you're calling or are you just popping that on every couple of minutes no I'm scanning the whole time because mm. you never know when it's gonna happen you know may turn that light on there'd be one standing there about 20 yards from you and you're oh no what do i do so yeah i'm and and just like i was telling you like with me and my wife last year it was literally 30 seconds into it you know and normally you would probably think well i'm not going to turn the light on yet i just just started calling well shoot they were already there you know and i've had that happen in the daylight like like you was talking about earlier having a couple of them come in on you i took there was a guy and a young boy that uh, wanted to learn how to coyote hunt and he said man we've all deer season we've seen coyotes i've got this uh deer stand that's actually wood that's got a big platform on top all three of us can fit in the top of it if you want to come out and uh coyote hunt we'd like to go with you and it's it was one of those times where it, it don't happen like that all the time but we went got up in this tree stand and i howled and literally 30 seconds there was two of them come in and I turned around in the stand and I shot the first one at like 30 yards and as soon as I pulled the trigger I seen the other one and I just run a bolt in and got to and stopped him at like 60 yards and shot him and the little boy that was with was like eight or nine years old and he was literally just bouncing in that tree stand he was so excited <laughs> and I, I was pretty jacked up too you know and I told them I was like don't get used to that that don't usually happen like that but that just goes to show you though how fast it can happen mm -hmm. yeah in daylight or daylight or after dark you know so constantly keep scanning you you're keeping the hides do you tan them or what do you do um yeah most of the time i keep them um they're not really worth a lot anymore i, I literally just got off an interview earlier with the guy that traps a lot we was talking about that same subject you know a lot of people are skinning them and putting them in the freezer and just keeping them and see what it does Sure. Some are just getting whatever they can out of them just where you don't throw them away. Uh, he was talking about he had a few hats made, some clothes made, and giving them away as Christmas gifts, you know, because they're not bringing much, but still you're not just throwing them away. You got something to do with them. I love hanging. I've got one I'm going to hang up in my living room. Yeah. My wife wants pillow covers. So 
my plan this year has been to either trap a couple beavers and make some beaver pillow covers or right. do coyote covers. And so far I haven't caught one single freaking beaver and, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is a whole entirely different thing that I've taken on a bunch right now. And it's just a bunch of different ventures. The beavers are tricky right now. I'm just, I don't know enough. Uh, and coyotes, I just, you know, I've got one that's coming, but I want to, I want to hang that one. I want to do like a full, kind of caped out and hanging yeah. i've got a bear uh, that I, that's hanging out awesome. next yeah it was a, it's cool it's a black face it was all black fur when i when it yeah. came in for especially being above it it looked like a totally black dog uh but then when you kind of see it at a different angle it's like grayish and blackish in there but like when i yeah. first shot it i'm like what the heck totally black <laughs> i want to kill a black, black coyote so bad i've never killed a black coyote Hey, I see man. it all the time. I've had buddies killing them, and man, I get, get on my bad. level. All right, you know I'm an experienced coyote <laughs> you shot a hunter. Black one, Jim. Yeah. When? The one that I shot this year was like black, black. Really? Like when you when you saw when I saw it, like it looked as black as my sweatshirt right now. And I, but like I said, you get at a different angle, and you can see like the the tips of the hair is more black, and it's like kind of grayish underneath. Yeah. Um, it's not like totally black, like a wolf uh like you, you would think at least mine was and i don't know if that's like standard heath or what if i'm just you know what but that's what i that's what i had the black coyotes it's not unusual but it's not common either but it's kind of like a a double beard gobbler you know it, it happens a lot but mm. it's just one thing i want to kill so bad and i haven't ever done it yeah i uh yeah i want to get another one there it was fun do, do you eat them did you ever eat one? I have not. No. I, either. I want to try it. I feel like, I feel like if you put it like in the smoker and throw a lot of barbecue sauce on it, you can get away with anything. It's got to be good on a smoker. Yeah. I, I want to try Bob. I want to try Bobcat really bad. I've got, I've got a buddy of mine that's tried it and made a video on it even. And they say it's good, but I want to do that sometime too. Well, they say mountain lion is like kind of pork ish and yeah, i figure uh, bob catches the small mountain lion with a short tail basically yep yeah, yeah i've heard mountain lions really good yeah that's uh but, that's, a, coy but a coyote no, i don't know i can't do it nope see i think i could do a coyote, dog, man. coyote. you a could dog. do it no 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 i'd no, no, no. no. try i think i'd try Mount. the back straps i think i'd i uh, wonder if the black ones taste any different yeah like it's probably a peppery because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i was yeah i don't know I, I would try that but like i've seen guys eat like raccoon i, I can't bring myself to eat a raccoon mm -hmm. but i think i could a coyote i remember my grandpa talking about eating raccoon when he was a kid said it was real greasy but they ate it i was gonna yeah. say that no. possum, real greasy meat I, i've heard that yep. i've heard that they're comparable to like a like like bear kind of mm -hmm. uh coyote, yeah. or raccoons i mean Raking. i've heard bears bears pretty good if you cook it certain ways i've heard bear feet is a lot you know they say that's great but oh, bears, raccoon i don't know bears might be the top uh, might be my favorite game meat it's up there uh really? oh yeah you uh we we've got a, a bear bacoa recipe barbacoa with bear that jared came up with which is fantastic for any game meat but it was especially good for bear um and the what I found was the um, the sous vide. You know what a sous vide is? Yeah, sous vide. And then you like sear a steak. A bear steak is pretty good because I'm always kind of nervous about the um, getting the 
what what's that trichinosis yeah yeah uh and I'm always like kind of thinking about that always. That's the only thing, but we'll do that. We'll, we've got a, a lot of the fat is really good for, for cooking too. I use that. Yeah. Got some in my fridge. I made some eggs in it this morning, actually. <laughs> That's cool. still lasted you. That's lasted you a, a year, man. Well, I had your fat, your bear's fat and mine. And yeah. I've been trying to be selective, but now that I've got my next bear hunt planned, now I'm like, all right, I'll just eat it and hopefully count on the next time to be successful. Just has like a, like a sweet, yeah like a sweet taste to it like when yeah that's like what not, heard is sweet mm-hmm. yeah not a very strong like it's great for like baking yeah you know um but not terribly strong sometimes if you're using like a like a coconut oil or something everything's got that like that flavor to it it's this isn't it, it makes a nice crust like a nice flaky crust too so <laughs> so yeah so you've you've been coyote hunting for how long well, I'll be 40 years old in March, and Yikes. I was probably, I want to say 16 or 17 when I went on my first coyote hunt, and it was in August, when you normally wouldn't think of coyote hunting, but we went in August, and I remember using a cassette cassette uh, player with the big old speaker that weighed 50 pounds by the time we got there, and we uh, was in an, a a cattle a cattle field there was an old barn that had these two fences that come together and on both fences was grown up with brush where you literally could not see through them and me and a buddy of mine sat behind that we put that collar out there and if you remember the cassette collars they had a cord on them you know you could only take the speaker out there so mm-hmm. many yards uh we set that up when we played a coyote pup distress and there was cows out in the field probably 200 yards out there and about five or six minutes into it, all them cows took off running and I told my buddy I said get ready something's happening and about that time a coyote come through the fence and come all the way across that field and uh my buddy brought up his gun I was like no 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 let's see how close it'll get and literally on the other side of that fence where we were at it got right up to us like three or four steps and it finally smelt us and when it took off when it spun around to take off he rolled it right there about 10 wow. yards and I was hooked. And literally we went probably 10 more times the rest of that summer than all winter long that winter we went and me and him hunted together for four or five years through school and stuff and after school. And then he kind of moved away, but I, yeah, I've been addicted to it ever since then. So that was kind of my first, first experience. And I can see that just like it was yesterday. You know, it's, it's funny you say there's trends that I hear when we're talking to different podcast guests and hunting, especially guys that get into specific types of hunting. And one thing is always like, you know, your dad, your grandpa, your uncle got you into hunting, right? That's pretty standard. Um, for a lot of the guys we're talking to, although that's, that's changing quite a bit, um, in the last couple of years. Um, the other one though, that I've noticed is people that get really hooked on a specific type of hunt typically one of their first hunts was very memorable, like something fantastic happened. And that was, you know, I, I, first time I ever hunted, I went out, had no idea what I was doing by myself, terrified with my bow. I mean, I didn't know anything. I was 12 years old. I'd been hunting with my dad and my uncles and stuff, but never by myself. And I remember I get out there and I had a doe and like this little five point buck, like walk right under my stand. And so of course I let the big doe go to shoot that little buck. Right. And yeah. he gets, 
he's like at seven yards i sent it right over his back but like i was so jacked at that point that i had seen a deer like that moment i was hooked from from then on i'm like this is my thing and who knows if that would have been a terrible hunt i didn't see anything if i would have been into hunting as much as i am now probably but maybe it'd be different um but a lot of people i've talked to is like man this first time that i went out this happened and it's like some extraordinary hunt and they're hooked and that's their thing but just like that kid i was telling you about you know his excitement jumping up and down that stand that's what i enjoy so much about taking kids hunting you know and taking them turkey hunting or coyote hunting or whatever yeah. seeing their excitement and making that experience where it, it is something like that that's going to hook them for the rest of their life you know that's important and especially in in today's world we need more of that there's not a lot of real experiences that kids get to have it's a lot of virtual um screen yes. time experiences and to have have a hunt where and like we've talked about this a lot but you're, you're there are very few times in your life where you're as mentally present as you are when you're hunting and especially when something's coming out like you are you're dialed in you're in that exact moment and so to take a kid out to do that is is special and to see them kind of just interact with the world in a different way and and see that light turn on is is really 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 cool right that's kind of one of my testimonies is one time it's been about eight or nine years ago now maybe i took a boy that had a brain tumor that had lost his eyesight because he had had so much cancer treatments, you know, over the years, over the last two years before that. And uh, he literally could not see except for up close, but they asked me if I wanted to take him deer hunting. And the year before I'd taken a blind boy turkey hunting with the Missouri Conservation Department gave or let us use this apparatus that holds the gun, there's two remote controls that come off of it. There's a little, it looks like your cell phone sitting on top of the scope and there's crosshairs in that. We could see that, you know, and when both buttons are pushed at the same time, it makes the gun go off. But anyway, we took this boy and that morning, first thing, there was this pretty good buck that come in and I was trying to video it and trying to run this gun at the same time. And we ended up missing it. And uh, I knew we missed, but the little boy said, let's go look for blood, you know, and I was like, I know there's no blood, but let's go, you know, so I grabbed, we went out there, and we was looking around, and I I had him by the hand, we was walking around looking, and he said, man, I'm glad I missed that, and to me, I'm like, why, what, you know, and I'm, I'm aggravated, I'll be honest, I was aggravated that we missed, you know, I felt like it was my fault, and I was thinking that was that boy's opportunity, and I messed it up, but he said, I'm glad we missed it. And I was like, why? He goes, I don't want to quit hunting yet. I want to keep hunting with you. And I was like, bam, you know, that's, that was my wake up call of yeah. enjoying the hunt, you know, and enjoying that. And him just being out there, he was having a blast. And we went back and got in the blind. And a couple hours later, a button buck come in. I told him there was a button buck. He's like, I want to shoot it. And we shot it. And he would thought we'd have killed a 180 inch deer. as excited as he was. And I still talk to his grandpa and he still goes every now and then with his dad and with his grandpa and stuff too. And they help him, you know, but he, he was hooked after that. And, but that yeah. was kind of my wake up call of, you know, and just enjoy the hunt and be excited about it instead of worrying about killing the biggest thing. Yeah. Just priority straight. And like, yeah. you know, like we've been saying, I mean, you're just interacting with the natural world in a different way. Right. I mean, there's very few people who yeah. care 
about deer, turkey, coyotes as much as hunters do, which is kind of like the, the paradox oh, yeah. of being a hunter, right? You're shooting the yes. thing that you care so much about. Um, hard to explain, uh, but it is a powerful moment, especially taking kids out. You know, I, I took, I remember a couple of years ago, took my, my daughter and her two, three cousins out. We're sitting in an old barn and they're sitting in the back of this, this boat. And I'm, and I got this window uh, and it, you know, we're, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to see anything, but you know, some doe steps out, whatever. I got my recurve, something steps out. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot. So sure enough, a doe steps out, shoot him 28 yards, which I'm pretty proud of Jared. I, I always bring up the yardage when I tell this story, cause that's a pretty far shot with a recurve. Um, and I'm not a great recurve shot. So anyways, I shoot it and I look around and these kids are like, their eyes are like as big as pie plates and they are just cheering, you know, and, and that night we cut it up, cut them up. And the whole time, just one of my more proud dad moments is the whole time my dad, my daughter's looking at me while I'm butchering it. Like she keeps saying, nice cut dad. That's a good cut dad. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, right. cool. Yeah. So, okay. So you've got, you've been hunting, you've got some coyotes, you got a few down this year. You're doing all right. Um, yeah. I've called a few in. I, I'll be honest, man. I got so focused on deer hunting this year. Usually I, I coyote hunt throughout the summer, then a couple of times through October. And as soon as November's over, I'm right back into coyote hunting. But this year, man, I, I got so focused in the deer hunting. I, I killed a decent buck with my bow early season in bow hunting and I just got caught up in checking the cameras and uh, doing all that, that I didn't really count hunt much until after rifle season, but yeah, I've killed a, a fox. I've called in a couple of coyotes now, but uh, I'm just really getting the bug right now as we speak, you know, to keep going. It's, it's the breeding season of coyotes right now. And that's one of my favorite times to hunt. And of course uh, in the night season just opened February 1st, February 1st through March 31st is when uh, night hunting in Missouri is so that's where I hunt the most from yeah I'm I'm really getting the bug and I'm ready to go now yeah I, well I'm I'm looking behind you and I'm like that's a sweet flex there with all those that headgear hanging behind you I mean you're making <laughs> me feel bad I got nothing hanging behind me right now blurry concrete wall yeah well, I guess got I got shelves. my bear my bear oh, I like that the bear is a good move I, I do like that Jared Jared's son Wyatt when I, a lot of times when I come over is wearing your coyote, <laughs> like where's yeah. the head over his head? He's a wild boy, man. He's going to be a hunter. I think uh, he's, he, I'm hoping so. He was, he actually got to see his first dead deer up close, like the full body. Cause usually what James and I will do is if we shoot a deer out on you know, public land, we just quarter it up and throw them in game bags and take them home and, and process them that way. But because I had shot this doe so close to home, I was able to throw it in the back of the truck and then bring the entire deer home. So that was the first time he got to see one up close. And he was, he was very interested in the, the death process of and sure. the parts of the animal. So he had to see the eyeball. He had to see the tongue. Um, did you eat that tongue? Oh, we did not. No. Sorry, dude. I just, probably did you save it for there. me? I didn't. I, I, I usually have a, a bag of tongues that I collect. And then I'll eat because they're small, but you got to get a bunch to, to make like tacos and stuff. And this year, yep. I, I just never did. I hate to hear that. I didn't even think about that until now. Crap. Missed opportunity. It is a miss. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. That's all right. Well, Heath, um, we're coming up on time, uh, but 
Yeah, you are you're a prolific writer when it comes to predator hunting and, and lots of other stuff. You got you post a lot, do videos and stuff. So, you know, I want to make sure people are are kind of picking up some of the the tips and, and the things that you're sharing. So for people who are listening, um, how can they find you? Where, where do they find some of the stuff that you're writing and how can they learn more? Well, um, I do a lot of stuff for Mossy Oak. Uh, I, I write a lot of stuff for them, but I do a lot of other things. But if you'll follow me on my Instagram, I got like a link tree under there that has a ton of my articles on there and you can go through and and read whatever you want to but I, I usually try to post whenever one gets published I usually post within a day or two of it publishing and get it up there where people can read it and see that but yeah it's, it's pretty fun pretty blessed to be able to do it awesome. I, find, I find that writing articles like blog posts and stuff actually kind of hones you in a little bit like when I'm yeah. writing I just wrote one I posted it today on uh <laughs> on yeah roadkill eating roadkill uh and like i seen your post on that it was pretty cool (laughs) yeah that was actually the the picture i put up was one that i hit on the way to bible study you know on a night i'm like just clocked this deer in the middle of a neighborhood and so it's it runs off into the some guy's yard and i so i'm like man it's still alive i i should go put it down but like i'm in a neighborhood this is kind of i'm just gonna call it in and you know just see what the local law enforcement wants me to do so i don't do anything that upsets somebody well, the guy comes out and he takes his pistol out and he shot it a couple of times in this guy's yard. And the guy's, the guy came out and he's like, Oh, just got it. Got it right here. Just got it. Right. And you can take the meat. So I got the game to the tag and everything brought it home and got some bonus venison. Um, the guy's like, speaking of coyotes, it's like, Oh, by, by the morning, the coyotes will come and, and clean it up. So apparently that neighborhood had some coyotes running yeah. around. Um, but anyways, writing, writing these articles kind of, it helps me think through when I'm out there hunting. Like it's a helpful thing, at least for, for me. Good. I'm glad. That's, a, that's one of my biggest challenges and, and it's an excitement at the same time. But like when you're writing a deer hunting article in July, it's mm-hmm. hard to get in that mind frame yeah. of doing that. But at the same time, I've, I've been typing like a deer hunting article in July and go get my camel and walk outside and be like, ah, oh, crap, it's hundred degrees still because I'm so jacked up about <laughs> yeah. going deer hunting, you know? And yeah. it's the same way with predator hunting everything. You know, you get to writing about it a couple of times and you're fired up, ready to go. And that's where I feel like I still have that, that hunter in me, you know, that comes out and that's, what's cool about it is I'm just writing about stuff I love to do. Yeah. And I've got, I've got to talk to a lot of cool people over the years doing that and learn a lot of things like that. You know, I've, I've talked to some, some of the best coyote hunters there is, you know, and learn a lot of stuff from them and by writing it, by writing about it and doing interviews with them. And I try to just pass along some of that. And, and over the last 25 years of coyote hunting myself, I've, I feel like I've learned a few things, but I'm no professional by no means, but I, I'm no professional by no means, but I feel like I've learned a few things too. And it's fun uh, writing about it and, it seems like predator hunting is that number one thing that people are so intrigued about, you know, Yeah. turkey hunting, everybody's heard about turkey hunting for years. Everybody's deer hunting for years. And, but coyote hunting, it seems like there's that, that people want to learn. They want to, they, they, they're thirsty for knowledge on it all yeah. the time, you know? And that's what I like. Even some, some of the articles I do where it actually keeps track of how many times it's been read and stuff. 
predator hunting is always way up there compared to everything else. It's so cool to see that. But I, but if you if you haven't ever been, go coyote hunting and you'll see why it's so exciting and it's an adrenaline rush for sure. I've had some awesome hunts that still stick in my mind today, just like it happened yesterday. You know. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, go go predator hunting. It's it's not just fun, but it's 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 needed to improve like what you were saying like to get all those deer up there and the turkey numbers up there yeah we we care about the animals that we're hunting too and that's that's one thing as a hunter is taking care of predators and you got to manage them because there's there's nothing else that eats a coyote or a bobcat or right raccoons or anything they don't have a natural predator we are there we are hey everybody thanks for listening to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want to go on to any kind of social media platform give us a like share subscribe you know it really help us out keep straight and if you really like what you're listening here that happens either way even if you don't like it five stars helps everyone out and uh so apparently it's key for controlling ticks too is that right yeah i've heard that and Man, I can see that because I've killed some coyotes in the middle of the summer that I put in my truck and uh, let them go the next night, you know, and look at it, look in the back of my truck the next morning. And oh my gosh, there's ticks everywhere. It's amazing how many ticks is on that. You're like, how do they even function through the day with that many ticks on them? But oh, they do, they're so loaded. When they come, I, I shot this deer on uh, north manitou here in michigan which is known for just having tons of ticks do you remember how many ticks came off that deer deer we didn't notice that at first cut them up and like we're, we backpacked into the island took a boat to the island backpacked in so like i didn't see them at first i throw them in my backpack and kind of get them cut up and have them hanging and i'm getting set to go and i'm like walking out and like we'll take a we took a break because our packs were, were heavy and i'm like looking at them like dude this thing is and i didn't see it before that i'm like this is covered in ticks i've been walking around and this thing's got just like tick city right behind me city right behind you the so ticks freaking that's the worst ticks are my least favorite thing in, in the, the hunting woods like they ruin they can ruin a perfectly good hunt ticks more than anything Green. mosquitoes i'll take mosquitoes over ticks seed seed ticks are horrible yeah i mean yeah yeah that anyways i could get i could go on and on anyway yeah, we really good Heath, uh thank you everybody go check him out uh instagram um uh, on mossy oaks uh blog i think you're, you're writing for uh blocker outdoors and stuff and so just keep an eye on them uh great information and Heath, i really appreciate you being gracious enough to, to share your time with us tonight oh thank you guys appreciate it anytime you want to talk more about it i'd be happy to well, I got your number, so I'm going to be texting you as I have questions. I'll be out sitting out in the dark and be like, hey, Heath, what do I do now? You know, anytime. I've, I've actually done that. I've coached people through what sounds to use while they're sitting out there. Then 20 minutes later, they send me a dead coyote. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that makes uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Yeah, that's right. Or, <laughs> like, I, yeah. I meant well, to good. Good to know because I got your number saved now. So, all right. Well, man, and if anyone wants his number, it's uh, 10 bucks. If you want to, yeah, that's it. right. I'll, I'll send it out. Yeah. <laughs> to anybody yeah. who asks, highest bidder. All right, man. Thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks.